You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. It's Monday, which means it's also time for Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 experience. She's written a book called Bringing Baby Home, but she understands the modern families with all its... Uh, different combinations with toddlers, babies. It could just be one baby. That is enough. That is enough for us to be looking after one child, but she can help with all sorts of questions, whether it's about settling, which all of us want to know how to help our child, our baby sleep better. It could be about starting solids, anything like that. Any questions you have, you've got Lots of different ways that you can contact us today. You can call if you're listening to us now on the radio. You can give us a call on one eight hundred Kids Radio, or you can text us on zero four three seven double six five two hundred. If you're watching this through Facebook Live, hello, hello to everyone. Um, you can write your com- comments below, and we will answer them throughout the show. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So let's start. We've got a, a question from Briar. She says, I have a 19-month-old girl called Edith who will not sleep for me during the day in her cot. She's currently typing this in the car whilst she's sleeping. (laughs) She goes down at 7 p.m. every night. She can usually put herself to sleep at night. However, does wake around 10.30 p.m. and 2 a.m., begging for us to pick her up. Then up for the day at 7 a.m., She goes to daycare where she will often sleep for about one and one and a half hours in a cot. She has a nice dark room during the day at home and I normally try to get her down at 12.30. I've tried everything. I'm guessing we have a self-settling issue and she's overtired at night from a poor day's sleep. I'd love some tips on self-settling and a good solid routine for this age group. I actually think you're pretty much Brad, doing the right thing, except that in the day she gets a mixed message. So you try at 12.30. 12.30 is perfect time to put her down. She gets up at 7. She's 19 months old. You're looking for about an hour and a half to two hours of sleep. So when she goes down at 12.30 and it doesn't work for you, what happens is you pick her up and you put her in the car. So she goes, well, I'll just wait till I hop in the car. And in the car, she ha- she's put to sleep by the motion of the movement And at daycare, I would ask them how they're putting her to sleep. And my bet is that they're probably patting her. So inadvertently, in the day, she's learnt that someone will put me to sleep some way. And I think this, if she's sleeping really well for you at night, which it certainly seems like, oh no, she gets up twice a night, doesn't she? So the other thing we need to know is what do you do in the middle of the night to get her back to sleep? So I think you're right. You've got a self-settling problem. What I would do is pick three to four days to be consistent, maybe not the day she goes to daycare, and I would put her down in the cot, let her have a little cry. When she starts to feel like it's getting a little bit more worked up, I'd go in, give her a little bit of pat, reassure her, tell her it's time for sleep, and then leave. It's very difficult to get a 19-month-old to go to sleep. It's more that you're giving them reassurance and walking out in order to teach them to resettle. So this is going to be a little bit of time and and patience, but quite literally, if you gave it a go both day and night for three days, I think you'd be surprised at how better her sleep would be. Okay. So, Bri, I hope that helps. Feel free to give us a call, even next week. See how it goes. You can call in. um, The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO if you'd like to call. Or join us on Facebook Live and you can ask your questions 
below the video that you're watching now. And we have a question from Melissa. Yep. She says, my eight-month-old has stopped eating all my handmade puree <laughs> food and will only eat pre-packaged puree, the pouches, glass jars of fruit, etc." He's offered finger food at each meal and will feed himself, but just sucks it and spits it out. I'm worried if I don't offer the pouches, he won't be getting enough food. Surely my Aww. cooking isn't that bad. No, it's, it's not, Melissa. No, you just changed tact on him when it didn't work. And when he maybe had a day where he was a little bit more fussy, you thought he had to eat. And funny enough, I went to a conference this weekend about fussy eaters. And basically, the take-home message was that we should feed our, our children in regular windows, so breakfast, lunch, dinner, reasonable food for their age, so finger food in this case for him and a little bit of food that's fed to him. Um, when it's coming from a package and when it's coming from a jar, it's probably the wrong texture. It's very easy food. I just have to suck it down. So I would take a little breath, and this was the message, and I would go back to feeding him your food and not give him snacks for a day or so. So breakfast, give yourself a window, 20 minutes, Weebix, porridge, toast, fruit, not all of those, just one of those. <laughs> and give him a reasonable time frame to eat it, 20 minutes, and then just put him down, get him out, and then wait for lunch. Might bring lunch a little earlier, might be at 11 instead of 12 and then repeat you know with a reasonable lunch for his age like half a sandwich and some finger food and trust me in a day or two he'll be eating your food and the interesting thing about the the conference was that the person giving the conference had a lot of trouble with her children and she said I didn't realize that I turned into this person that just not gave in to the baby but just sort of went for the easy option and she said it took her three days and she turned them around so look take a little breath and understand that he will not starve himself so if you're giving him some finger food and some reasonable food at reasonable times he will go back to eating that snacking thing is really yeah interesting. it's really both of them we had two speakers um, one was a psychologist and one was a dietitian and both of them said children should stop snacking and the thing is it's not I mean, I'm not sure about you, Melissa, but even when you're, I mean, obviously you've made a big effort by making, making food, food at home, but yeah. the snacks that we're giving our kids as well could be healthy snacks, but it's still stopping so them feeling them hungry. Isn't and the it? other interesting thing they were talking about is that children filled up on water because we put water in water bottles. So instead of sitting them down and, and handing them a drink, you know, whether it's in a little beaker cup or if they're young or whether it's, but we hand them water. So they drink 200 mils of water, not hungry. I'll wait out till I get what I want. So it was a really interesting take water, on the modern, modern child who walks around with the water bottle. It's actually filling themselves up on the water bottle. That's crazy. Mm, yeah. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years of experience helping families from babies to toddlers and mixing them all up together. And goodness knows we get enough questions from that <laughs> kind of combination. But also when we have small babies, it can be confusing. So oh, it can be. Yeah. So this is why Chris is here on Kindling Helpline to answer your questions. So um, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, please pop your questions below and we will get to them as soon as we can. If you are listening at home, you can always give us a call. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or you can send us a text and the text number is 0437 665 Didn't know where I was looking then. Had to work out where the um, we were getting the number from. Question from Michelle in Melbourne. 
Hi, Chris. Just interested in your thoughts on how to stop child from teeth grinding. He still has his dummy during sleep times because we've just moved him to his big bed. He has all 20 teeth. He's two years and nine months old. He's normally a pretty intense toddler, growls and has many many tantrums. I know a few like that too, Michelle, uh, when he doesn't get his way. Any help would be great. So the teeth grinding could come from two places. He could be grinding his teeth more because he's used to chewing on the dummy. So you know how some children will hold a dummy in their mouth and they sort of roll it with their teeth and they're grinding? And the other one is he's grinding because it's a little bit sleep deprivation, a little bit tired. He's having lots of tantrums. He might be a little bit stressed. And generally it goes away. So generally speaking, it goes away. But the most common if he has a dummy is that he's used to having the dummy in his mouth and he's moving his teeth the same way as when he has the dummy in his mouth. So at two and nine months, I think it's time to take a big, big deep breath and hoist the dummy. So (laughs) I might have to give you some other clues on how to keep a toddler in its bed when you hoist the dummy. Um, Yeah, is that tough? Is that tough? Is that sort of a comforter for them in a big bed? No, I don't think so. My theory is that when they move from uh, cot to bed, you get rid of all the baby things. So that's sort of what you're telling a child is we're going into a big boy's bed, which tends to be how we say it. So I tend to get rid of all the baby things like sleeping bags go, dummies go, we're going into our big boy bed. So it's probably a little bit of that and he's having lots of tantrums and he's growling a lot. So he's a little bit unsettled within himself. And I think if we can get rid of the dummy, we can actually see whether it was related to the way he moves his mouth or if, you know, all of these things are just creating a little bit of stress for him and he's grinding his teeth. And with a child of that age, if, mm. if Michelle does all those things, yeah. what's the next step? Does she need to take him to a dentist? or? Um, generally, he won't grind. He doesn't have big teeth at the moment, so he won't be grinding the teeth exactly. It's um, You want to find out whether it's slightly stress-related or whether it's just something he's learnt to do. As in, you know how he just... He can hear the sound of the grinding, so he keeps doing it as, as a form of comfort. Um, but I think my my guess is he's still got a dummy, so it's related to the dummy. So the first thing I would do is get rid of the dummy. Okay, Michelle. Well, good luck with then getting we'll fix rid your of sleeping problem. the dummy. And Chris has actually answered the question about um, getting rid of dummies before. So yeah. we might try and find the link and pop it up on the website so you can go back because and you've got lots of great it. strategies yeah. there. Um, you're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. And just before we jump into another que- another question, I'd just like to take a second to mention this brand new program that we've launched today called Play and Learn. If you listened on the radio, you may have heard it this morning at around 10am. It's very exciting. (laughs) It's hosted by Miss Sally, who we both know, Chris, and it has all this great stuff like it's got music time with Sam Moran Moran and Lala, dancing, creative, creative listening activities, meditations. Hosted by me, which I find hilarious, but it was, um, yeah, anyway. You can listen and see what you think. They're meditations for kids, though, so they're specifically yeah. designed to get kids calm. There are Australian stories. I think it's been 
beautifully put together. It's very, um, it sounds very schmick, but it's more importantly, it's great for you to engage with your child with at home. And the program is supported by the Learning Sanctuary and the Greenwood Early Education Centres. They're providing the best start for little learners. So for more information, um, you can grab all the details at our website. That's kindling.com.au. So thank you for listening to that. And we'll jump back into the questions with Sam. Oh, Sam, you poor thing. My four-year-old won't sleep in. 4.30 a.m. is his standard wake-up. That's not even a sleep in. No. That's that's just waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, my goodness. Wait for it. She also has a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a a seven-week-old. Oh, well, what are you worried about, Sam? You're not sleeping anyway. No, I'm just joking. How can we help, Chris? Oh, I think, I don't know how long this has been going on, but it could be your four-year-old's way of saying, is 4.30 the only time I can get hold of you? Wow, okay. So that would be one. And then, of course, that's the background. The thing we have to think about is we still have to tell him that 4.30 isn't appropriate to get up for um, for uh, the day. So I think it probably stems in that there's lots going on. You know, there's six-year-olds and there's two-year-olds and there's seven-week-olds. The other thing that could be waking him, and I'll just have to take a guess here, that this if this has been happening since the baby came... At four o'clock in the afternoon, children are, uh, sorry, four o'clock in the morning, children are often in a light sleep. And when the baby's crying, that might be what's started waking him, that now is a habit. Um, but either way, you know, he's up and he doesn't want to go to sleep. So I just do the non-engaging rule at this one. I would get your husband to do it because you've got enough on your plate at the moment. <laughs> um and, and unless he's a brain surgeon, I wouldn't worry about his work. And I'd literally just get up as soon as he comes to the room. I'm not sure if he's calling out or if he's calling out, I'd go. I would lay him down. I would walk out and I would do it repeatedly till he got the message. The only thing I would engage him in is by saying it is time for sleep. And I wouldn't talk about the hugs, the toilet, the bottles of water he needs. I just need to see mum, all of those things. I would just... It's time for sleep. Can I ask, Chris, I've heard of um, people using certain clocks that... Oh, the day grow um, clocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are they, are they useful well, for the a child Well, the smart four-year-old would go, he would just reset the clock, oh. or he'll bring the <laughs> clock in to tell you it's still night time. Yeah, and that's when... Is that... But I guess <laughs> He's my, already out of bed. I guess my question <laughs> is, does it help at that point to indicate, you know, it's... I, know I had a friend who used to take her daughter to the window and say, see how it's still dark outside. Yeah, but then the daughter's already got your attention. She goes, okay, oh, I've already, already gone engaged. for a walk out to the window. So you could try it, but the average four-year-old will just, <laughs> just tell you it's night time. What agree. age is that grow clock good for? I reckon that grow clock is good for when they're about two and a half to three and a half. Okay. When, right. when it's only colour related, you're yeah. not you're not really engaging with them. It's just that's blue and that's orange, or the yeah. monkey's eyes are open, or the monkey's eyes are shut. Yeah. So I think it works in that age group, but I, I think any standard clever four year old it just tell you what the clock says. Right. Oh, They'd well, agree. Yes, that is the night time. <laughs> so Sam, the uh, so sorry, Chris. The upshot for Sam is to enlist the aid of, of dad whoever, or someone who can yep. help you. Yeah. Um, because I think everyone will agree, four thirty a.m. is not a good time for no. you to have to get up, and particularly with a young baby. I wouldn't. I would just keep taking him back to bed, putting him down in his bed, um, and the most I would say to him is, "It's time for sleep." Okay. Well, good luck, Sam. Yeah. Hope you um, get 
sleep. Doesn't look like you get much sleep anyway, no. but I hope you get more sleep. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris is the author of Bringing Baby Home, um, but she has a lot of hands-on experience with families who have young babies, they have toddlers, mixing them all up together and working out how to make it work. I need you yeah. to come into my home sometime. <laughs> we have a question from Eleanor. She says, hi, Chris, I have 12-month-old twins who seem to want to drop to one sleep. Wow. They go to bed around 7.30pm, mostly sleep through or wake around 5 for a breastfeed, then wake up around 7.30am. What time should I... What their one, big one. one big day sleep. Yes. Okay. I tend to find at 12 months, if you put them on one sleep, they will be very whingy in the afternoon. So you can certainly give it a go. Um, they get up at 730 I'd probably try and put them into bed at 12, but they would literally have to sleep till 2.30, at least 2.30 in the afternoon for them not to break down at 5 o'clock. 12 months is very young for one sleep. So it's probably that they're waking up too late in the morning to fit two sleeps in. So you're struggling with one sleep and then they're not taking enough sleep with the next one. So if you um, got them up at 7 and then you could put them down at 10 for about half an hour, 45 minutes, then you could probably still get them down at 2 till 3.34. So I would really rethink one sleep because I think it will create a much bigger problem around 5 o'clock and therefore they won't eat properly because they're overtired and they will fight with one another and then it will feel so much worse. So my gut feeling is manage wake them up earlier in the day and manage those two sleeps, little half hour sleep, even if it's in the pram in the morning around that 10 o'clock window, 45 minutes, and then you'll be able to get them down at two, sleep till 3.34 and then get them down at 7.30. You also got to remember if you put them down at 12 and they only sleep till 2.30, they're up for another five hours before you put them to bed. So there will be very tired little bunnies. Okay. So mm. normally I'd put them on one sleep around 12 months so think about it before you make that move because I think it could feel worse in the afternoon. Oh, good luck, Eleanor. And I just want to mention as well that um, if whether you're commenting on Facebook or you email us in, every midday we're live at 12. So mm. if you've asked us a question, you want some more specific answers from Chris, you can always give us a call. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-543-772. Um, so good luck with that, Eleanor. Please feel free to call us again if you have more questions. We have one from Rena. She says, I just got a big girl bed for my daughter. How do I get her to stay in it at night? Uh, Rena, if this is a Facebook question, it'd be wonderful to hear what age your daughter is. is. So feel free to just jump on and whack it in there and we'll we'll, um, find out. But do you have any general advice on that without knowing the age? So generally speaking, hopefully she's around two and a half. Um, They do better at two and a half than two because their cognitive development and understanding isn't as, as good. But in the saying that, their powers of reasoning is good and their powers of negotiation is even better at two and a half. Generally, I literally set the bed up, I take them out of the cot, I put them in the bed and I don't change what I do in terms of the routine. So if normally you give them a kiss, a cuddle, put them into the cot, I give them a kiss, cuddle, put them into the bed. I just say, if you need mummy or daddy, then just call out. And then I literally walk out the door and shut the door. And because for most children, they just make that adjustment and there's no problem. 
that goes on for about a week and then they realise they can get off the bed and then in lies the problem. And like I had said in the previous one, I try not to negotiate. I just say it's time to bed and I put them back to bed. I do that a good few times um, and, and literally on the first time you do this, you could do it 20 and 30 and 40 times. Um, after that, sometimes this does work, and this is for the very smart child. I get the baby porticot out, and so I've tried the in out in out a few times, and I put it right beside the bed, and I say, if you get off the bed, I'm going to put you in the baby cot, and I actually use the word baby cot because then you can see the smart two and a half year old going, well, I'm not a baby, I'm not going in that cot, and if they get off the bed, I just put them in the cot for that sleep, in the baby cot for that sleep, and pretty much the next time they go they understand I'm going to go in that cot and the last thing I do and this is the very disruptive child it hasn't worked they're probably three and a half is sometimes you put a gate on the door so you can hear them and see them but they can't run up and down the house but I don't often have to use that if I've started the right way so I've set the limits around going to bed we're going to have our kiss cuddle or story kiss cuddle whatever it is into bed then leave the room create the same environment and nine times out of ten it works perfectly. All right Rena good luck with that I just have to mention that we've got about five more minutes left of Kindling Helpline so um, we'll get through as much as we can but unfortunately we probably won't be able to get to all the questions. If we don't get to your question today please feel free to email us at conversation at kindling.com.au and we'll bring them onto the show next week or of course you can come back on and give us a a call or a Facebook comment for next week we've got a question from Ada she says hi Chris I have an 18 month old daughter who keeps hitting her head with her hand when she's stressed and frustrated for the past two months she doesn't have a lot of words so she will often scream and throw things would you have any advice on how to manage this behavior so I think you've, you've actually got the crux of the problem. She doesn't have many words. So the one thing I would get onto is trying to get her speech up. So working out whether there's a little bit of a speech delay, do you need some help through a speech pathologist to get those um, words going? Because I think that's the crutch of this if I just took a straight face value look at it. Um, hitting the head with her hands so she's very frustrated what I think we could do then is once she starts getting frustrated you've got to give her an out before she does that so say she's trying to tell you something like I want some fruit and she can't get that across and you're going did you want this or did you want that I think in this case I would go up and I'd sort of give her a hug and then try and direct her to what it is she's trying to say because I think she's hitting her head at the point where she's she no longer can communicate to you. So I'd try and interrupt that behaviour as much as you can. So I think this is different to a child having a tantrum because something didn't go their way and they so they throw themselves on the floor and whack their head on the floor. I think this is probably stemming from the fact that she doesn't have much speech. And so let's find out first if... Is there um, a problem in her speech? And some really quick, easy things from a speech pathologist might just turn that around for her and therefore she can communicate, therefore she stops hitting herself in the head when she's frustrated. Well, good luck with that, Ada. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you, everyone, for your questions on Facebook, for the people who've emailed in. This is Kindling Helpline. If you would like to give us a call, next week we'll be back live at midday. Absolutely. Um, thank you, Lisa, Charitha, uh, 
Kirsten and Jennifer. We'll get in contact with you. Maybe we can get some more information. Maybe we can answer your questions next week. But that's all we have time for today. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. That's Kindling Helpline. We'll be back at midday next Monday. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.